Hey everybody, I'm Jody Vance. And I'm George Affleck. And it's time for... I'll tax your heat, I'll tax your feet. And I'm the tax man, I'm the tax man. Unspun. My worst Beatles imitation. That was really bad. You know, know what? Your your son needs to give you some lessons because your son's I know. very I was good. trying to remember the words and they lost them anyways. But, uh, you know, it's the tax man. We're all feeling the tax man this week. Let's talk budgets and we'll start with the city. Then we'll go to the province and we'll talk some federal government as mm -hmm. well. But let's start with uh, the budget at the municipal level. Kind of a bit of a surprise in the city of Vancouver a week early buried on a Tuesday, as it would be, um, mm -hmm. almost unanimously passed a massive budget yeah. with a 10.7% um, property tax increase for people who own in the city of Vancouver, which will also obviously hit renters by way of owners needing to make that money up from somewhere. And George, that's just a piece of the pie. That's just a piece of the pie. Well, and the and it, it wasn't unanimous because the because they wanted more, the person who voted against wanted more money, tax. Uh, so it's like this council loves spending. There's a tax and spend mentality for sure. You know, ten point six. You know, like let's go with eleven percent tax increase. This is uh, defies the promise from Ken Sim that he would go past ten percent. Uh, last week it was nine point six. Now it's you know up to ten point whatever. Plus utility go up. Utilities fees up six point five percent. People don't talk about that, but, uh, you know, your water sewer, that goes up 6.5%. Um, so that's a huge increase for taxpayers at a time when none of us uh, can afford to spend more money. Um, so, you know, it's brutal. And then you're going to look at the federal and provincial taxes. They're going to go up too. So I, I just think it's disappointing. But the way Ken Sim laid it out, you know, we're talking on NW yesterday about this. Uh, you know, this is, a, it's a, I said, I've said this before, you do the painful things that when you're a new party or new elected group, you know, whatever you do those painful things in the first year, usually though, yeah. for most governments, <clears throat> it's cutting things and, you know, getting rid of stuff and taking right. all that slashing and getting rid of stuff that they, this is not our philosophy or whatever. In this case with ABC in Vancouver, they're keeping all the stuff, all the bells and whistles are being kept that I can, from what I can tell, uh, in fact, they're adding on to a lot of those bells and whistles. And then they're adding on, of course, the things that they promised to do, more police, more fire, uh, you know, street cleaning, that kind of stuff. Uh, even even having to give money to what would be the provincial nut that is, uh, is you know, Vancouver Coastal Health, right? Because the promise of 100 more workers, yeah. that's coming out of the city coffers now to prop up the provincial, which is also getting more health care money from the federal. Like, it's just like, and, and they had a, are you talking the, to one another? I know. And the, and the province had $5 billion to blow. Why didn't Ken Simmer try, try to get a piece of that? This, you know, and, and we talked about Brad West. He was very clear. We're not the United Nations here. We don't do, we stick to your knitting uh, in your town. It's a good clip. And, and uh, he, you know, he didn't use that term, but that's what he's saying. Like, I, he says, we're not the United Nations, which is a kind of referring to, to what uh, Adrian Carr and the Green Party seem to always love doing, like suing big oil uh, and things like that. So, you know, but in this case, you look at the downtown east side and uh, and the, what's going on down there and the funding that the city now is covering housing, which in the capital budget, again, we talk about the operating and the capital, they're two different budgets, they're both $2 billion, uh, or more actually, $2 billion, $2 billion for the operating that is five four hundred million a year, so $2 billion over four years. Uh, you know, it's but a lot of that money is going to stuff that's not supposed to be in the purview or the role or the responsibility of a city. And so we, the taxpayers, 
as we Here always we talk about on the show, our, our underwriting and letting the province and federal governments get away with moita. <laughs> In some cases, are we just so death. exhausted? Are we so exhausted by it and looking around and seeing the destruction of the city of Vancouver? I'm not overstating it when I say I don't recognize the city I was born in. Um, mm-hmm. It is. It is sad. It is sad to see mm-hmm. the disrepair, the graffiti, the broken window syndrome that you've referenced for years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the homelessness. There, there, there's just been dollar after dollar after dollar after million after hundreds of million, the billions of dollars spent on nothing working. And we're going to do, we're going to do the definition of insanity here and continue to throw money at it. Doubling down, doubling down, doubling down, but doubling down without a meaningful, I hope George, I hope, and and maybe I'm speaking too soon, but I hope that while I would have preferred to see the bells and whistles that you were talking about removed from the budget, like some fiscal, responsibility there and i did appreciate the fact that mayor ken sim said this is not uh, going to be a regular thing a 10 plus percent property tax because he's speaking to his base now because the people that vote in ken sim very much a part of the city that is a single family dwelling wealthier set i'm paraphrasing and generalizing but if you look at the map of who voted where it's white collar. And those are people that like to hold on to their money i'm not going to lie to you like (laughs) i mean traditionally that's a thing right there's but if we're going to be general about such things so that this hike is going to ruffle some of his base to be sure well, but then there are people yeah. at the other end going you know what let's tax some of those wealthy people who own houses because we need to fix our neighborhoods but there there's that spin, how tax works, right everybody but the tax, spin is everybody there, pays right? i know everybody pays when you when property tax goes up everybody pays because whether you're yeah. a renter or a business owner or you know wherever you live property tax is is luckily in vancouver we have a thing called uh tax you know they, where there's a levelized we levelize it like your tax and so oh my god my brain is not working properly but here's the Amortize thing that, it? I, yeah well no there's um but here's the thing about the, i was getting to ken sims kind of set this up that next year he won't do this but so you'll see a taxes that'll come in over the next three years um uh that'll be uh, you know, 3%, 4%, you know, setting himself up to win another election. If if that's what is, I assume that's what his strategy is. But at the end of the day, you know, you and I, we walk around the city, we experience the city every day and people come to the city. If I don't see, if I'm spending another 10%, 11% on taxes and a six and a half percent on utilities, and I don't see, and all this money on police and fire, and, and there's no cutting of things that, uh, that I think sometimes are like, what's that department? There's still going to be 40 plus comms people in the, you know, in the department of communications at the city or whatever number that is. Oh, uh, look, it's a bullshit cup of coffee, George. That's right. This is a very, this, this cup of coffee is how much, see what it's $10 million, I think is the number now for every percentage yeah. tax increase. Anyways, so if we don't see significant change literally on the streets of our city within a year when he comes to that next budget where people are going to be like i don't care if it's three percent tax what, what what's going on here why yeah. is it are there still tents on the downtown east side or in the parks yeah. or why is there a guy sleeping literally right now on my front stoop at my in my office here uh kevin he's there kevin he holds the door he holds the door open he, he, he sometimes he can't, he can't get in the door out, he gets out of the way we let, but let me just jump dry in. there it's fine but you know sometimes let, kevin I, get, I gotta get in the door <laughs> let me jump in because yeah. i do i agree with you in a year 
I mean, the proof's going to be in the pudding, right? Like we're going to see what yeah. gets done and let's mm-hmm. hope this roll up the sleeves. I don't wear a tie, you know, I'm a, I'm a CGA guy. Right. But right. Um, please, for the love of God, have something happen in this city that we have suffered through more than one prior um, administration, prior elected you, group you know that has, has starved the city of what it actually needs infrastructure wise. We have things. Okay. And we could talk about that all day. And just, just you mentioned a, Brad, no, you'll, you'll see I, the, you'll see the things breaking. If they, if the caucus starts to crack, uh, if you see dissension, uh, right. next budget and you start seeing and you'll start seeing people starting to say things and that's when you know things are starting to fall apart keeping your caucus right. tight is key and can he do that easier, if he can't deliver easier to do easier to do with the majority though no 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 caucus it doesn't matter i mean parties kill themselves right they they're that you lose an election because you fall apart internally right you, you, yeah so if they can keep it together they'll be fine but you know there's no okay so let's talk really. about Let's talk about Brad West because you brought up we're not the UN, we're not the United Nations, which I, I honestly, but he took away the things in the budget that were not urgent. Uh, he came to the table after zero last year. He came with a small increase to do the, continue to do the things the, he has proven to do. He, yeah. In a pandemic, Port Coquitlam, albeit a much smaller jurisdiction, however, opening mm-hmm. community centers, they have lifeguards at their pools. They had. Uh, they know, you know when long ex- weekends are. <laughs> they know when long weekends are. They had extra, extra crews out to, um, you know, clean up after the extra uses in the parks and and upkeep the parks extra because they knew more people would be using the parks. Like there's just so much mm-hmm. common sense in Port Coquitlam, George. I just want more of it. I just want more of that. I want it to spread. <laughs> well, and you can argue a little bit. Burnaby also a three point nine nine percent tax increase. Um, Good point. Similar, you know, it's a little look bit at smaller the building there. population. Yeah, and look at the parks, all nice and clean. The difference yeah. is with Burnaby is, unlike here in Vancouver during uh, during the good times, uh, they saved. Uh, Derek Corgan, I talked about this last time. They saved millions and billions yeah. of dollars that they have set aside. Whereas Vancouver now spent their little teeny kitty that they had of eighty million, I think that division had set aside uh, over their ten years and power yeah. uh the, you know when i was there for eight of those going guys times aren't always going to be like this interest rate aren't aren't always going to be like this pay down the debt let's save some money let's be careful uh, and nope nope yeah. uh you know and and so as a result well, that's sure not pandemic that's sure not hap- now a recession Ooh. sure not happening in surrey well surrey's a whole other show show. i already said I, bullshit I, cup of coffee you can say shit show it's a shit show and it is um it is. you know this 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 uh police force thing i you know mayor Locke on her speech when she won said uh goodbye you know surrey police but she doesn't have a say really anymore and the province that gets to decide the future of this or in or these two police forces that they're now paying for as a result 17 and a half percent in tax increase because 90% of that is going to pay for policing that they're not even, like too much, all this policing costs and double two chiefs. And I mean, it's, it's uh, brutal and it's, but the taxpayers in this case made that decision. They voted Doug McCallum in saying we want, and his yep. two planks were Skytrain to Langley uh, and uh, new, our own police force. He delivered on his promises and yet lost the election because of one of those promises, the police force. And so then 
that put the city into major limbo, uh, waiting yeah. for the province to decide. It's so far along. I mean, as much as people might hate Doug McCallum, and I've talked about this before, delivering on your promises is a big part of being uh, in office. And in this case in Vancouver, Ken Sim has not delivered on his financial promise, but he certainly delivered on other stuff, but it's a costly promise. In the case of Doug McCallum, he said two things. That's all he ran on. He delivered them. It just turned out that nobody liked one of them. So this is going to cost them. And, you know, we don't, you know, and then even if they get their own police force, which is maybe likely, I've talked about this before. All you have to do is look at the Vancouver budget. It's way more expensive than the RCMP, way more. And and you have to deal with policing costs and negotiating directly with the, your police force, as opposed to the RCMP deciding on what the you know what the salaries will be. You have to negotiate this. You know you're over a bit of a barrel when you're dealing with because you you don't want to not have a you don't want your police force going on strike. I mean that's not impossible yeah. really, but it's it's certainly work to rule. This is a very expensive decision, no matter what happens. So in fact. If they get the RCMP back, taxpayers in Surrey will be relieved because then you'll see a you know small increase in taxes. But if they get their own police force, they can expect easily 10 to 12% tax increases for the long term, I would say. I find it really, um, to take the spin out of it, because there's so much politics involved in, in this policing scenario in Surrey, obviously. But watching and, and having grown up, south of the Fraser as a teenager mm -hmm. and spending significant amount of time in Surrey, Newton, Delta, North Delta, because we were South Delta, so we would compete against those schools. And there was always uh, an element of crime with that growing city and the policing of said city with the RCMP. And this is not a slight against the RCMP. Actually, one of my best friend's dads was like a chief mm -hmm. inspector with the RCMP. Great respect for all who put themselves in yeah. harm's way. So this is not at all me judging RCMP over uh, police officers and full disclosure. Uh, one of my family members is VPD sergeant. So all of that said, mm -hmm. watching it and reminding people, I think in, in, for what we do here weekly on this show is reminding people why there was a want for a municipal police in the first mm -hmm. place in mm -hmm. Surrey. And that is because the RCMP rotates their officers largely through mm -hmm. varying dirt. That's why RCMP officers move a lot. Families move a lot. They do. They yeah. go from here to there and there, 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 there. And what Surrey needed, they, the taxpayer said, the, community said we want police officers that know our community the diversity of it the mm -hmm. the gang element that exists there i think it would it's not overstating the fact that there was a lot of gang activity in that that area not just yeah. surrey surrey got a bad rap for sure um but just in terms of why there was the sure. want for a municipal 100%. police force is so that you knew the people you were I agree. With. And I grew up in the Valley and in Surrey, we, you know, lived in yeah. Langley. Uh, yeah. The, the other challenge, you're totally right, but and, and nimbleness too, RCMP is not as nimble. Right. Dying Everything walks, goes through Ottawa. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, but they were way behind the hiring police officers. They were, there, there was a, yeah. you know, the, city, the city of Surrey was neglecting a little bit on, on the front, but Diane yeah. Watts said this um, on election night. And I think it's something that if they get, don't, if there's get the RCMP back, what you can't do and Vancouver tried this with the NPA to create a, a separate kind of uh, like everything from the, the street ambassador program and all that stuff, which was a growing entity in dealing with street crime and broken windows, having yep. eyes on the street. 
The, of yeah. course, the VPD did not like this because these were non-union people. They were hired separately to the VPD. Again, politi political. Politicized, yeah. union and issues. So yeah. when Vision got in, they got rid of that whole program. Uh, they just made it into sort of a you know pretty little thing that doesn't do much as far as what the plan was, which was a more nimble, uh, you know, and a, and a cheaper version to kind of get people walking around the streets and saying, hey, don't break that window. Uh, yeah. And in the case of- I'm going to give you a ticket. I'm going to give you a ticket for graffitiing that wall and you yeah. have to come back and That's clean right. it. So you're going to have to like clean that. it and we're going to need, and we're going to take away That's your right. stuff. And so, you know, and the and the, actually the, the VP or the, the firefighters uh, have always have sometimes argued that, Hey, they can do some, they can help out with some of this too. They, they hang out in their fire halls. They're happy to walk around neighborhoods, have a presence yep. in uniform. It has a, it yeah. has an impact on things. So Diane Watts point on election night, when we were on CTV together was, you know, there's an opportunity here um, that if, if they do go, if, you know, that they, you do have two police forces in a way, because the RCMP don't necessarily care as much about the whole union thing. Uh, right. So they can have a more nimble, smaller security force, you know, their own police force that has specific tasks like street crime or, 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 you know, working together on, on gang violence and things like that. Uh, and that's an opportunity. Specialized. That they, that's yeah. right. So if you're, if the taxpayers yeah. are seeing, as you mentioned, issues, and they still have those concerns, those problems are still a problem. Um, maybe this is a solution that that I haven't heard since election night when Diane Watts brought it up and she was a very popular mayor. So if I was the mayor of Surrey and Diane Watts was saying something, I'd be like, oh, what's that again, Diane? Uh, hmm. I think I, totally. I might use your yeah. idea. Yeah. Let's talk about the federal government, George, because we're long on subject matter and short on time here because th there is mm -hmm. so much to unpack. And again, it, this is going to involve us trying to take the hand out of our pocket, stop with the wallet, because the budget that was laid out by uh, for the first time with Premier David Eby and uh, Finance Minister Christina Conroy. It's a big spend budget. Big spend budget. Well, the spending that they cashed, they had, they had a spending spree over the last couple of weeks with uh, the surplus that they had, blew all the surplus before the fiscal year end. Uh, so that's that's always a sign of an election coming. But then countering that, they present a deficit budget, which is a sign that election's not coming. <laughs> so it's an interesting situation because I think, well, what is going to happen? Do, you know, he's EB saying there's no election coming, but clearly, you know, I just feel, and we've talked about this before, there is this appetite by the, by people in this country, whether it be in Vancouver or the province or federally, and Justin Trudeau's doing it too, is tax and spend. It's okay. Just spend more money. Obviously COVID had a big part of that, but in general, yeah. even before that Trudeau was spending like crazy uh, the NDP got in and, and they were spending like crazy. Uh, Vision was spending, you know, this left wing spend, spend, spend. Uh, it seems to be acceptable to most people, the majority, that mushy middle seems to want that. I think, you know, it's when you're in a prosperous country like Canada, where you have, have 500,000 people emigrating here every year, uh, that's a sign of massive prosperity because people want to live here. Those people inject even though sometimes it's challenging for other reasons, they inject a significant amount of uh, energy into the economy, uh, housing and all that stuff, even though it's challenging, all those other challenges, but it does inject into the economy. When you have a growing economy, literally growing population, if you live in Denmark or Sweden or other countries where population is going down, that is a, not a good thing for planning. So you can actually, it's like a mortgage. If you know you're going to be making more money in five years or 10 years, sure, take on more debt. Um, but you know, if there's nothing in the kitty when stuff comes along and Trudeau certainly benefited that province have benefited from that, 
because prior to those two uh, NDP government in, in DC and the liberal government federally, there were very fiscally conservative governance government, and they, and they weren't conservatives necessarily. They were uh, for, but even the liberals in the '90s were super conservative. Paul Martin like saved and saved and saved and saved and saved and cut down the, you know. So they benefit these two governments provincially and federally benefited from savings that previous governments uh, did. And uh, but now they've used up all the cash that was there, and they're back to where they were 30 years ago. Uh, from a percentage point of view, and and now they're still spending like crazy. And I don't think taxpayers understand that this debt that we are going to is something that our kids and our kids' kids will inherit. And if interest rates go to 10 or 20%, which they are right now at 10%, that's not good. That's not good. But what is the alternative? And I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a, a moment to say we got to change mushy middle to moderate middle because I think <laughs> there are more and more people. I know getting into the middle because yeah. the arms that are super far left and the arms that are super far right are neither are attractive because not they're too extreme and yeah. i think there is that moderate piece when one when i look at municipal budgets are huge provincial budgets huge you know deficit deficit tax and spend tax and spend and the federal budget same like more and more and more and more and more and but i'm also looking around going crumbling infrastructure mm -hmm. we still are in the massy tunnel we still have a, mm -hmm. a patello bridge that has yeah. to be closed mm -hmm. in a windstorm there i mean we just in that budget rebuilt the entire budget. highway five highway three right mm -hmm. we, our healthcare system across the country is threadbare from a pandemic and years of being abused and there's no real sign of relief we've got mental health issues and an opioid crisis like those things are very real my problem with just throwing money at it which what is what feels like has happened to this point because it has just been because we found and you and i've talked about this for a hundred podcasts straight is when the when the shit hit the fan the money was found in COVID mm -hmm. to take care of people. And do we need to live in a in a time where that amount of money is spent in in quote unquote air quotes regular time? Of course not. Mm -hmm. But when they say we can't stop this number of people dying every day on the streets because it's too expensive, I'm like, <laughs> I call foul. That doesn't make me a leftist. That makes me human. Well, and some pretty much Canadian. I think we use the word yeah. mushy because it, the thing with the when I think of mushy middle, uh, I don't think moderate. I think they change with the tides of whatever's happening, and so you kind oh, of okay. go, "Oh, okay, that's how." And they go with whatever is happening. Moving the, middle, yeah, moving middle. Yeah, they kind of like okay, spending, yeah, no saving, no spending, no. This. What are you promising? And so yeah. you, yeah. So if you're smart, you kind of you could target that audience with the right messaging at that moment in time and win them over. Uh, and yeah. that's who that mushy metal is. But moderateness is, I think, a very Canadian thing. We are a moderate society for the most part. Yeah. There are extremes. We have a government in Alberta that seems somewhat extreme. Um, but certainly looking at David Eby here in BC, it's a challenge for the liberals, uh, as they are named right now until, uh, you know, official. But to, to find a to find a place for themselves when they've got a moderate hard to argue yeah it's hard to argue with yeah and yeah. selling yeah. people selling the stuff that people want 
Kevin mm, Falcon's a got a tough job. Let's pivot to federal because within all of this is the cost. I went to Costco last week. I go to Costco with a list and a mission. I want to be in another as fast <laughs> as humanly possible. I like yeah. to set the timer on the parking meter and see mm. if I can beat it. Right. Like that's my favorite my thing. thing at Costco I'm, is going down the ramp at the one in Vancouver. I think on the, yeah, it's like on a skateboard, on, right? Yeah, like you're just on the, riding. On the, yeah. Same. Anyways, you and I, you and I shop at the same Costco, but this time, just to give some perspective, I'm a I'm I'm a I'm a culinary person. I'm my yes. significant other is a chef. We cook, we don't waste food, we're very mindful, we we budget. Yeah. I took my list to Costco that usually comes in once every couple of months, we spend $350, $380. Same list, $650. Wow. Yeah. So I would like and these the are the state government. We're talking the state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was no, I put back the proteins that I, the, the steaks were a hundred dollars. I'm not spending a hundred dollars on steaks. Forget it. We're eating lentils guys. Welcome <laughs> to it. Pork. But I'm looking at the, yeah, I'm looking at the federal government and, and thinking to myself, we need to get on top of, cause I can afford that. There are people listening right now going, wish I had $600 to spend at Costco. And I'm hearing you because I see people, I can't imagine what it's like to feed a family with no money right now. And where is our federal government on doing something about that with regard to grocers? They're, they're, mm. immo- they're, they're frozen on that, pardon the pun, frozen on the money laundering now. We got news in just today on this Thursday that the massive case against this money launderer, hundreds of thousands of pieces of evidence, not enough to convict, they're dropping it, no charges recommended. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No charges? Well, on the first point, I'm worried you're heading towards a socialistic concept there with regards to price controls. <laughs> I'm not a not a fan of that because that just but instead of price economy. Con- but but yeah. can I jump in and say yeah. I'm not suggesting price controls, but I'm suggesting that these big corporations that have remarkable ab- above a certain percentage of profit, there should be a higher tax bracket for them, and maybe that feeds some of the taxes back in to help some of the communities in ways. That'll give relief to the single parent who is just trying to make ends meet on their minimum wage job. I mean, maybe yeah, I am the flat, the flat tax rate, that kind of concept yeah. is being talked about. You know, we have, I mean, obviously as a business owner and you are too. You yeah. see, you know, if you make a profit, you're like, God, I have to pay, I have to pay like I get punished for making money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. And if you make billions, yeah. it's even, you know, it should be worse, but it's still painful as a business owner to <laughs> pay the government because you're also paying. You know, if you have staff, you pay all this other taxes and all these other things. And you look at them, how much money do you want from me? I'm working my ass off to get to make a profit and you're going to take, yeah. you're going to punish me for that. And so therefore a lot of companies hide their money and do all sorts of shifty things. But the windfall they're getting from groceries is, I think it's an anomaly, but I think you know, we'll see what happens. As far as the money laundering, that's really disappointing. And then you've got the whole Chinese infiltration into funding political parties uh, and then you get TikTok getting the the shutdown on the which happened in the states and it's happening. You know, it's going to be the and it looks like in the states they might even ban TikTok in general. They're heading that to that big of an anti-China mentality that's happening certainly in most of Western uh, countries, especially as they continue to help Russia with Ukraine and and basically. Yeah, but the right. security the security risk is real, right? Like there's there's yeah. some people that say we're distracting a pop the chinese are distracting a population with dumb dances while you know while they're busy opening police departments in other countries like there's yeah yeah we're, we're, i can say we're, that with for me in politics don't I never blame had the it. chinese don't blame the chinese population though you got to no, blame no, no, the yes. dictator right and i think that that's what yes. con- is most concerning is that 
with these headlines, there are going to be a great number of people who just lean in to anti-Asian and to hate uh, of a, a group uh, of citizens who quite likely could be a second or third generation Canadian, but they present as a person of color and all of a sudden are targeted. Like, let's not have any of that. I, I, when I was in office, I never had the, the sense that I was being uh, influenced by any any kind of organization, to be honest, but I I was not the powerful one. I wasn't didn't control the decision-making. I certainly heard right. stories, and I know that Brad West has been very vocal about money laundering and about the influence of China. It's interesting, yeah. we had a mayor in Vancouver not long ago, and our current prime minister, both used to be very positive about China, um, and the way, even sometimes saying things that seem pro-communist, um, and that sort of has disappeared, um, but it does have an impact. Infiltration and propaganda can happen very subtly, like that nesting money into political parties, <clears throat> how you get that influence and how you get, you know, it's hard, it's, it's, it's more subtle, or you have Fox News, who has basically a propaganda machine. Right. Uh, they call no it, subtlety. You know, it's not, there's no news there. They call it infotainment, right? Is that what they call it? Uh, but it's propaganda. It's right-wing propaganda uh, that's un underwritten by the private sector that pushes a, an agenda uh, for a specific political party. Uh, and you could argue there's other media that does the same on the left. Uh, but in this case, they've been caught out. Uh, very specifically, the thing, the thing uh, about the argument of that that the same happens on the left. Left, if you're talking MSNBC and CNN uh, versus Fox News, I think it is fair to say it's a false equivalency because I don't see MSNBC and CNN knowingly lying. That's the difference here from this Dominion defamation lawsuit that's come out that Rupert Murdoch, the, the owner of Fox News of Fox. Um, on the record, when Underow said, "Of course, the big lie is is garbage," mm -hmm. and and yes, you know, you'll need to you'll need to speak with my presenters about that. And then he threw all of his people under the bus. But and then those people continue to do it. The Janine Piros and the Sean Hannitys and Tucker Carlson's of the world, who uh, Laura Ingram and and Jesse Waters. I don't know if you've watched that guy. Like they're just overtly lying on television but, and calling it truth and fact and 50% of Americans watch that and think it's news George but you know I know and it's also successful in the past in America and of course you know the tabloid press the tabloid being you know yeah. the newspapers which in England are still huge and in Australia which is where Rupert yeah. Murdoch is from still very successful yeah. National Enquirer being you know the one we all kind of know as Canadians that it was like you know spaceships landing and all the this New stuff. York like, Post yeah but all which is kind of laugh that it was all made up well in a way Rupert Murdoch takes that formula has put created Fox News because guess what it makes money and yeah he doesn't care it's a money-making entertainment machine that leans to the to the right um, and makes stuff up because that's what he's been in the business of for his entire career as a publisher in in media, in news, in print, uh, and now on TV. It's not. It's a formula that's very very successful, and it's not even new. You can look in British Columbia. We had a newspaper that was owned by a guy named Amor de Cosmos, who was a premier of our province. And guess how he became the premier? He started a newspaper called the Times Colonist. Uh, and he created a newspaper as a propaganda machine for him to become the premier. So this is not new. Uh, you know, publishers, so often you see newspaper in the past becoming uh, politicians. It's quite a common thing. Or, or journalists becoming politicians because there's a fine Christy line Clark. between Christy Clark well, and, and, you know, me. I mean, it's a there's an ability to kind of 
bounce and understand how media works but yeah. you know, not I, I don't like telling you know the, the whole lie thing and the whole made-up news is a whole other thing but not what we again, do and going back to the propaganda and, and infiltrating and impacting elections it's as obvious sometimes as fox news or as subtle as what we're seeing in funding political parties from a foreign country which absolutely should not be allowed should not be allowed um, nor should it be allowed to uh have anybody vote for a nomination and then have that person become uh the only option for a party in that riding i think our mm -hmm. nomination process is broken and it was broken before the chinese interference alleged interference here but from what i have garnered in, in doing some research on the story is the busing in of, of international students to that riding in order to vote for this particular individual for their nomination and they were threatened with losing their student visa if they didn't do it they had notes in their sleeves of who to vote for this is interference we have to find a way to make sure that that doesn't happen and still keep things open for everybody to i know when i go vote i have to show where i live this is where i live and this is how i'm voting right well, you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to right not in this province you can just go in and then just declare you don't have any id and they'll let you vote so we right. have a i think but it's a, therein it's, lies it's, the uh, rub though george right like how trusting and open are we right. when it's being as is our money laundering as is real estate as a stock market as as are some of the biggest issues that have hit us as a small country with large this land is, mass is now being exploited in a major way and it's only going to get worse with this the is this is why trudeau needs to, he's doubling down on support you know saying this didn't have you know that there's not a problem people there's a perception of a problem here if you don't deal with it and put a committee together and, and have a public process so we can see that this out. isn't as bad he says it's not so bad as we think well we don't prove believe it. you prove, prove it. it do a process yeah. because right yeah. now we are heading into what you see in the states where there's this distrust between the process and in fact he's probably right this isn't something that has impacted elections in a huge way in canada but hey you know start small work your way up and then yeah. so you gotta give voters the trust in the system otherwise you see what happened in you know in arizona and other places where you go no these are the right numbers no they're georgia not. it's like yeah yeah, yeah. they're the right okay, numbers. we're gonna get into that next week because we're going over time and i gotta tell people where to find you on twitter it's george underscore affleck on twitter i'm at jody vance hit us up at unspunpodcast.com we're here every week just delivering to you the uh the spin undone right unspun unspun.com uh george say goodbye <laughs> unspunpodcast.com bye oh unspunpodcast.com unspun like and subscribe tell your friends bye